Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigSceneDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. Hey, everyone. My name is Asher Roddy. And this is Tyler Whipple. Welcome to Talking Two-Tone. We're thrilled to bring you a new and thought-provoking podcast that talks all things Tennessee Titans. Go ahead and reserve your ticket now. It's going to be an incredible journey. Tighten up. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Talking Two-Tone. I'm Tyler Whipple. I'm joined by my good friend and the best co-host out there, Asher Roddy. We are ready to talk some Titans football with you guys again. You know the drill. Every Tuesday or Wednesday, we're going to be doing this thing. So, Asher, let's dive right into it. What did you think of the games this week while we were sitting at the house? Oh, my God. Way too many blowouts. The seven seed needs to just be eliminated. Um, that was it. I mean, I get it. You know, it's more money, more ratings, more football. Everybody loves football. But, um, yeah, there were just too many blowouts, too many games where it just lost my attention. Um, I mean, shit, when the Bucks were beating the Eagles by 30, they were up 30 to nothing. I just went and walked on the beach for like 10 minutes, but it was, it was unbelievable. Um, and also, you know, the Bengals aren't as good as we think they are. Um, they had, they had a lot of help in that game. Um, and you know, God, if he can just shut down Jamar Chase, like, you know, and the way I think we're going to do it is we're going to have probably Fulton on him. And then with uh, we're going to have, you know, Bayard over the top, double little bracket coverage, take him out. Um, I think I think we'll be fine. The Bengals aren't impressive. But, yeah, yeah. other than that, that's it. I Sorry. agree with you on the – you know, you're good. I agree with you on the seven seeds too. Yeah, I mean, it's a good idea, and thankfully they do it because, you know, it gets – you know, because Titans have been that uh, the last two years. Years before that, the Titans would have really benefited from these nine and seven seasons uh, that we had some so frequently over the years. That gets you in. Nine, you get nine and seven in the AFC. Now you're usually going to get in. I mean, I think the Steelers were nine seven and one this year and got in. Anyway, I like the seven seed. Yeah, it makes for some bad football because the Chiefs, you know, blew out the Steelers and whatnot. Blah blah blah. But the most impressive team this week for me had to be the Buffalo Bills. Uh, they scored seven straight possessions touchdown actually against the New England Patriots, which is tough to do against that vaulted defense. And then the, I'm, I'm going to piggyback off what you said about the uh, the Bengals. You know, they, they got a lot of big plays, but if I like how disciplined our defense is this year. So I think we can limit the big plays potential from the Bengals because we haven't given up a ton of them this year. I, I think of one right off the top of my head just because it was Corey Davis when uh, – Zach Wilson rolled out and threw like a 70-yard bomb over our head. But that's like one of the main ones I can think of of us busting coverages. And uh, we tackle a lot better than a lot of teams. So 
Jamar Chase gets those busted covers uh, touchdowns, and he gets those underneath routes like A.J. Brown does and takes it 60 yards. But we tackle a little better than a lot of the teams they faced this year. I know they're in the AFC North, but the Bengals' uh, strength of schedule has been one of the worst in the league. And because they played a fourth, they played a fourth uh, place schedule. We played a first place schedule, so we had one of the toughest schedules in the league. So I'm piggybacking off what you said. I don't think they're as impressive as people think. This is a losable game for sure because they do absolutely have dudes. They have some studs on offense. I mean, just some real guys. But uh, their offensive line is a little shaky. They're banged up and injured, and I think that's where we win the game if we do win the game. So that's my take from the weekend. Um, uh, let's let's get into talking Titans, though. You know, Asher, you know, big deal. King Henry's back out there practicing in pads, planting that right foot hard in the ground, moving around like he looks He looks normal. You know, he looks ready to play, which is a big deal for us. Yeah, he is pissed off, too. You got to throw in there that angry Derrick Henry having his rushing crown tight, his rushing crown taken away. While the Titans played the Colts on that bullshit turf that they have in Indy. I, you know, there have been so many injuries on that fucking field. You go back to the national championship, Jamison Williams tears his ACL on mm-hmm. that field. Derrick Henry breaks his foot. I mean, good God. Just, get, just take away turf. Play real football. Um, no, Derrick Henry being back. I, I'm predicting Derrick. Derrick's going for a buck 50. He's going for a buck 50. Joe Mixon's going to have like 47 rushing yards, 47 or like 51, one of those two. And, you know, Derek's just going to – he's going to feast. Um, the guy is a fucking unicorn. It's unbelievable how good he uh, is. Unicorn, people. You heard it. You, you heard don't that. see You don't see some something as rare as Derrick Henry just every day. It's unbelievable. It is. You know what else is unbelievable this year, Asher? And that's been our front four on defense. They have been absolutely unbelievable. Um that's going to be a big topic of discussion for this game. Um, with Bud Dupree, Danico Autry, uh, Jeff Simmons, and Harold Landry all coming after uh, Joe Burrow on this banged-up offensive line. The last time we played the Bengals, we had zero hurries, zero pressures, whatever you want to call it. They didn't touch Joe Burrow after they torched us last year in Cincinnati. Yeah, it's, I, it's GGs. It's GGs. I, I, think, I think, I really think that this game's a little different. You know, their offensive line is, I think, right now worse than it was when we played them last year because they're just so banged up. They, they're, they're, I think their starting right guard and their right tackle are both out. I think their whole right side of the field is out. So, that's that spells disaster when you're having to block Harold Landry. So, oh, my God, yeah. I think it's that's a little different. I think we get some pressures and I think we get a couple sacks. But I'll let you go ahead and pad the floor here. Yeah, I mean – we have the best front four in the NFL, um, and it's it's not even particularly close. I mean, Jeffrey Simmons should have been a should have been a Pro Bowler. He was snubbed from that mm-hmm. for whatever. Because first of all, NFL fans for the most part are idiots. The people that are allowed to vote on these Pro Bowls usually just I mean, it's the same thing with the NBA All Star Game. Clay Thompson got voted in over. He was put higher than Devin Booker, and Clay Thompson hasn't even played ninety percent of the season. It's unbelievable. But, but well, here's my conspiracy against that. Let me uh, let me just put this tip in there. The Titans, the NFL is regionally broadcasted. Like college football, you can watch every single game of college football, right? Yeah. No, no matter where you're at, the NFL is regionally broadcasted, and they only show the Titans in the North Alabama area and all of pretty much Tennessee and slim parts of Mississippi. That's the only time we're shown. 
a lot of people haven't seen Jeffrey Simmons or Kevin Byard play, and I think a lot of that's because the NFL show your top teams in the in the areas that are not being represented by NFL teams. Instead of showing the Chiefs and Wyoming, show the Titans every now and then. And these guys would maybe have more star power. That that's my opinion on it. The stupid regional broadcasting that CBS and NBC and Fox have the rights to, you know, the AFC and NFC. Let's get rid of that crap and let's start showing all these NFL games and not having to pay $100 for a Sunday ticket. So that's just – that's my soapbox. That I think that's a lot to do with why our Titans are misrepresented. So And you know what? I, I, I kind of fuck with it. I, I'm here for it. I, I, I don't mind that Tennessee is underrated because, you know, nobody watches the Titans play like, like the fans do. It's unbelievable how everybody's saying Tennessee is the worst one seed of all time, like ever, and all this kind of bullshit. Because they haven't seen us play. They haven't seen us play. You know, we win ugly games. We do it and we win ugly and we play badly against bad teams. But in the playoffs, there are no bad teams. Tennessee has thraddled. I mean, absolutely thraddled the the fucking Kansas City Chiefs. We beat Buffalo. We I mean, you name it. We've beaten we've beaten every team that everybody says is better than us in the AFC. And, you know, there's just no respect. But our front four is going to eat. It's going to be the Jeffrey Simmons show all day long. I think Big Jeff is probably going to have two tip passes. He's going to have at least three or four pressures. And he might even get a couple of sacks. But I think the player that's really going to clean up on the stat sheet for the for the front four is going to be Danico Autry. Mm-hmm. Danico Autry, you know, who pick who you're going to double team because you can't double team two players. If you double team Jeffrey Simmons, Danico Autry is going to get home. If you double-team Danico Autry, Bud Dupree is going to get home. If you double-team Bud Dupree, Harold Landry is going to get home. Just pick your poison. You know, it's all, it's all about a numbers game. It's all about chess. Like, you know, it's so easy to look at, you know, a screen, you know, when the play is not happening and, you know, it's over and you look at it and you think, hmm, okay, how are we going to account? There are four – we got a front four here. We got four players and we got, what is it, six offensive linemen, five? Mm-hmm. Six, five or six, whatever. I don't, I'm drawing a blank. But you got four of them, right? You can't double team two of them. You can't. It's just a numbers thing. And then you know we drop into coverage and we'll just we'll just beat them. We're, we're, that's just the way. That's how we beat teams up. And we come constantly with that four man front. Constantly. That's one thing that's really underrated about our four man front is their motor. All four of these guys are relentless in pressure. They don't take plays off. And I think that's one of the big deals. With the culture that Rabel's built and the guy that John Robinson picks, these guys just – they don't stop coming. For 60 minutes, they're going to give you everything they got. And then Naquan Jones and Tyre Tart, when these guys come in too, they got the same mentality. Just rush, 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 rush. And then all four of them will get after it in the run game too. That's what makes this defensive line so good. The Music City Monsters is what I call them. The Music City Monsters. Um. But, you know, that, that is, that's going to go into my take on the next point that we're going to talk about, and that's going to be how to slow down, in my opinion, the best wide receiver room in the NFL. Um, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd are extremely good, and they feast off of each other. But the problem with them is if, they don't have, if Joe Burrow doesn't have time, then he's not going to be able to accurately throw the ball. And, you know, they haven't really played a defensive front that they're seeing in Tennessee. Um, and th- th- things can snowball very badly for, for the Bengals. I've, I've watched a couple of their games recently. And, you know, 
they got down, I think it was like 21 to nothing or 21 to 21 to three or something like that against the chiefs. And they came, they found a way to come back and win because they started, you know, max protecting and pass and pass blocking, but they're not going to be able to do that against Tennessee because Tennessee's going to be, they're just going to rush four, and that's fine. We'll hold up in coverage. Somebody's going to get beat on, on their offensive line, whether it's our old or the former Titan, Quentin Spain, who is just a liability in pass blocking or, you know, who, who are the, whoever other scrubs oh, they have. Oh, oh Genevieve or something like that are starting right mm-hmm. tackle this year. Yeah. So, hey, he's, he's, he's rough. I've, I've seen some – I'm watching NFL morning or good football. Good morning football. And they were talking about that this morning. They're, they're right side of their uh, line. Pretty, yeah, the best, way to, the best way to slow down a good passing attack is to get pressure, and that's how we're going to do it. And we're going to double – if I were the Titans, I would match up Christian Fulton on Jamar Chase with Kevin Byard over the top in bracket double coverage. That's what I would do. So they, if I would, if, if I were calling plays, which I'm not even a play caller, uh, it, I would sit back, let the floor rush, uh, get contained on Joe Burrow because he can't move around a little bit, um, and play some uh, softer zone. Uh, as long as we don't play it like we played last week and let Danny Amendola just eat. That's what scares me about this game because the last time we seen the Titans, we let Danny Amendola tear us apart. I don't want to see Tyler Boyd do that to us. And I don't know if that was just, just the schematics at the end of the game. The Titans just, just, just you know, letting – was up 21 nothing, so they started playing prevent-style defense, letting underneath stuff happen. But Danny Amendola was tearing Elijah Molden's butt up. I don't know why. He's, he's played great against a better competition. And it might have been, like I said, you know, Shane Bowen and the guys said we're going to relax on defense a little, um, eat the clock. But that's what scares me. If it was me, I would play zone, but I would I would lock them up a little harder. I would I'd be more physical with the line of scrimmage and make those guys earn their yards. So that's that's I how I would do it. So I agree. It's, I'd, it's I'd gonna be tough to play up. man on them. Get in there and get physical with them. Like I want to see I want to see Elijah Moulton get in the fight with with Tyler Boyd. Like, I want to yeah. see that. I would love to see that. Both of them uh, get ejected. <laughs> yeah, toss them, toss them out of the game. Then then we just throw in there Chris Jackson. Crookshank, Crookshank. We'll put Crookshank yeah. in there and play slot. I, I wouldn't mind seeing. I wouldn't mind seeing three three safeties this game because Uzuma is really good. He gets open yeah, he a is. lot, and Joe Burrow trusts him in the red zone. Uzoma, so, he, he is everything the Titans wanted Anthony Ferkser to be this yeah. year. So, yeah. But Ferkser has been like, playing better. Ferkser has been playing better. He has. Um, but, you know, that, that's how I think we're going to be able to sl- slow down those receivers. There's um, <clears throat> There are a lot of ways we can do it, and I trust that, you know, Jim Schwartz and, and, and um, you know, Shane, Shane Bowen. Bowen, they're going to get it done. Uh, Mike, that brings us into the next next thing. We are finally going to be healthy on our entire big three. Like Julio Jones is going to be out there. Playoff, <laughs> playoff Julio Jones. A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry are coming back to play for the first time together since I believe week two. Uh, did Julio play in the week eight game against Indianapolis? I don't remember. Did he? Um. He might, he might have. So, I mean, I'm saying this, they haven't played. I think there have only been maybe two or three games they've played together. Full, full games. Um, that's a crazy stat in the 17 weeks. Yeah. And your three and best so, players only been on the field three times together. And I'm telling you, the expectations I have for these guys are sky high. I've already said that I think Derek's going to go for a buck 50. I think he's going to go for a buck 50. And I think he might have two touchdowns, although I could see one of those, you know, two-yard line, uh, you know, offensive players being a Tannehill patented keeper for a touchdown. Um, but I think I think Julio, we got to see what Julio still has got left in the tank. He's still got a lot of juice when he's healthy. 
And you got to, again, this is the, the thing, the, the problem that defenses have when scheming against the Titans. You don't have any tape you can look on Derrick Henry for the last, you know, nine weeks. Um, and you don't have very much tape on Julio Jones. And you, you don't really have a shit ton of tape on A.J. Brown. So the thing is, who are you going to double team? You can't double team two players on defense. You can't do it. It's the same thing with offense. You can't double team two players when you're blocking on offense. You just can't. It's a numbers game. And, you know, pick your poison. Are you going to are you gonna load the box and stop the run and let us burn you with play action deep crossers? Or are you going to, you know, play double coverage on Julio or A.J. Brown? Probably A.J. Julio's going to beat whoever the hell they have over there. They have one of the worst pass defenses in the league. I think they're 26 in the league. Um, but, yeah. Pick your poison. That that's my expectation. I think I think Derek's gonna go for a buck fifty and two touchdowns, and then they're gonna start playing the run. Then AJ and Julio are gonna eat. What a problem to have that people are really calling this first ballot Hall of Famer freak athlete Julio Jones the possible X factor of this offense. If if Julio Jones is who you're calling your X factor, I think you're in good position on offense. The guy is an animal in the playoffs. I think he averages like 130 yards a game in the playoffs. He has been an absolute animal in the playoffs. So if we can get just three-quarters of production of what he has done with Atlanta in the playoffs, watch out, boys. We're, we're rolling right to the Super Bowl because I don't think there's anybody that can beat us if our offense, is, if our offense could get 30 points a game this playoff run. It's a wrap. It's an absolute wrap. Who's going to score more than thirty points on us at this season? At this point of the year, really, I don't. I don't see. I don't see Buffalo or Kansas City or whoever represents the NFC scoring more than thirty points on this on this defense if healthy. Yeah. So if we can get Julio playing at just three quarters of the level he he has been in the playoffs, we get we get AJ Brown or normal AJ Brown. If we get twenty five carries and a Derrick Henry and one hundred twenty five yards, you know, just his normal clip. This team is really hard to stop. And then you add in you add in Nick Wexberg-Akina, who's got all these big-time snaps that he wasn't expecting to get in the regular season. Now he's going to be ready for the playoffs. Anthony Furcher's coming along. Could Jeff, you imagine if – Jeff Swain. Could you imagine if we had Marcus Johnson, too, on this if offense? we had Marcus – Chester Rogers. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that have made some big-time plays for this offense that's not there. But Nick Wexberg-Akina and Anthony Furcher in the middle of the field – on third down, man, I, I got a good cool. feeling. I got a good feeling. As long as, as Julio can play to how he's played the last two times he's been out there healthy with Ryan Tannehill. And people forgetting, Julio Jones would have had 100 yards and two touchdowns if, if Tannehill wouldn't have missed him in that Texas. The first play of the third quarter, Tannehill missed a wide-open touchdown to him. You know, I'm not yeah. dogging on my guy. He played fantastic. That was his only missed throw of the game. Julio had a wide-open touchdown. He would have had 150 for two yards, two touchdowns, if he caught that ball. So Julio's coming along at the right time, and I'm really excited for him. But, that, you know, that I mean, we, we got all these expectations about all these other players, but Asher, we're kind of forgetting about number seven back there, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Sneaky, sneaky player. He's, he can be the game changer for the Titans. I think he can be a sneaky little, you know, 75-yard pop off of a touchdown. I'm telling you, it, I would love nothing more than to see Tannehill line up in shotgun with with Henry on his on his left hip and then Foreman on his right with AJ and Julio spread out wide and then you motion out Foreman out there to see if it's man coverage or zone and then you give you let Derek you do a little fake little read option pop pass right across the middle of Julio or AJ Brown seventy five yard touchdown. 
be beautiful. It would be beautiful. He could throw a little screen passes, Jonathan Foreman. Nobody, he, he's going to be – and we talk about X-Factors. I really think he's going to play a more pivotal role here because I, as much as we all want to see Derrick Henry at full strength, I don't know if they're really going to give him 25 carries his first game back. Mike Vrabel has a track record of taking care of his players. He's not going to force them to do anything that their body's not comfortable doing. And he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to either. Yeah, I think we can beat. I think we could. We could have beat the Bengals. And hey, I love Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's my probably my favorite Titan of all time. But I think we could have probably beat the Bengals without him. How we've been playing the last three weeks. We've just beat the 49ers, and I think the 49ers are one of the hottest teams in the league. And we just beat them. I, I would say the 49ers are better than the Bengals right now, wouldn't you? So I would. It's. I think we could still handle our business. But Derrick Henry is just. You know, we're driving a Lamborghini now instead of a Porsche. You know, that, that's just how I'm looking at it. Yeah. And uh, I, I I think Deontay Foreman had a big game. I think they're going to split carries. I don't think we're going to see the workhorse back in Derrick Henry. We, he can still have that 100-yard we talked about, but it might be on 15 carries instead of 30. So. You're going to see a lot more efficient version of Derrick Henry, I think. Because, you know, it's going to be crazy because you put Derrick Henry in the game, defenses load the box. Then you take him out, you know, on, on third down. And you put Foreman in there, you're like, oh, fuck, are they going to pass the ball or are they going to run it? You don't know what to do. But here, here's the thing now. Tannehill, you could tell he pressed a little bit with Derrick Henry in the game, throwing the ball. He's like, It felt like he just had to make every throw. Now he's not used – he's used to having six, seven-man boxes again. Now he sees these nine-man boxes in there. It's going to be like clockwork. Hey, let's get A.J. and Julio on these hot routes. We're going to throw it to him as quick as possible. We're going to get it out to him. And he's going to yep. be confident. All these struggles and injuries and these players he's had to play with has made this team better. I mean, as bad as as weird as it sounds to say, these injuries have helped us. We're healthy now. Let's get back in there and play lots out. I agree. I couldn't agree more, to be honest with you. This team has been thrown into the fire. Everybody counted us out as dead when Derrick Henry went down. And all Mike Vrabel did was take this team, who everybody said was down in the dumps, the Colts are going to win the division now, he took them and led them to the number one seed by out-coaching. Every, almost every other team we played, he found a way to out-coach them and get those guys ready. And I'm telling you now, once we're <laughs> – we've got all of our weapons back. It's like, it, you know, it's like that little – it's like your little brother, you know, if you're the middle child or whatever you are in your family, you get, you, you know, you get beaten up and you get beaten up. And then one day you get a little bit bigger than your older brother – and he won't fuck with you anymore. And now it's your turn. Now it's your turn to beat the shit out of him. Or her. Absolutely. Girl. I don't discriminate. However it works. I've never really seen a girl fight. But who knows? Absolutely. But, but yeah. It's time. It's Yeah, it is. And, you know, that, so that puts us right into our predictions for the game. And, you know, I want to say the Titans win this game handedly because of the trenches. But Joe Burrow is just a different quarterback in big game situations. Uh, we want There's a few numbers we want to go off of here. A, a couple streaks that are going to be broken here. One streak is going to be broken here. Mike Vrabel is eight and zero after nine days rest. That's including Thursday night football games. Okay. Joe Burrow in his last. I seen this on the herd. I know a lot of y'all are not friends, fans of the herd. It's my guilty pleasure. Me and Ashley talked about it. Excuse me for that. Joe Burrow in his last five playoff contending games or must-win games, he is 5-0. and That goes back to the 2020 National Championship game. The Titans are also 0-3 or 0-2 when they have been the one seed against 
AFC North teams. Both times in 2000 2008, we lost to the Baltimore Ravens as one seeds. So one of those streaks are going to come to an end this weekend. Joe Burrow is going to lose his big first primetime game that with all the tips are on the line. Or the Titans are going to break this – or Mike Brown is going to lose his first game under bye, or the Titans are going to break this fold of losing as the one seed. Here's what I think is going to happen. The Bengals are just not ready personnel-wise for what the Titans offer in the trenches. Everybody knows football is built from the inside out. Yeah, if you have a great quarterback and great weapons, great running back, that's all great. But you've got to have guys that can push the line. If, if the opposite team owns a line of scrimmage, you're not going to succeed in the NFL or any level of football. High school, college, NFL, if you can't block and get your guy out of the way, you're not going to win. And I think the Titans win both sides of the football. That's critical. And I think we're going to do that because I trust our offensive line and I trust our defensive line. So, with that being said, I think the Bengals do make this game very interesting. I can see them getting out ahead of us quickly because we've been starting slow. We're coming off rust. So, don't be shocked if they come out and throw up 10, 14 to nothing and we battle back and we, we wear them down. So I'm going to say it's going to be a close game. I'm going to go 27-24 Tennessee. And uh, I think I think we'll be up a score of maybe two at the end and Joe Burrow and the company make it really exciting at the end for us. So that's my prediction, 27-24. So I texted Tyler like the – I think it was, it was two – it was yesterday – that I had had a nightmare about about this game, and I'll, I'll read it out loud. I'll share it. I'll share it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was it was not a good dream at, in the beginning, and then it got progressively worse, and then it got better. So the the nightmare I had, uh, Tennessee, we almost blew it. Um, we were up twenty four to seventeen with about twenty seconds left in the game. And Joe Burrow threw up a Hail Mary and was caught by Jamar Chase in the end zone. They kicked the PAT and went to overtime. Nobody scored in the first overtime, and it went into a second one. Then the Titans kicked a game-winning 44-yard field goal and went 27-14. And I woke up in a cold sweat. It just just ruined my morning. (laughs) It ruined it. I couldn't go back to sleep. It was like 4 or 5 a.m. It's bullshit. But I've kind of changed my tune a little bit. I don't think – the more and more I think about it, Cincinnati's defense is really good at stopping the run and really bad at stopping the pass, which is not a good design. You want to be able to stop the pass first, then you can stop the run. That's how I think defenses should be built. But we're going to be able to move them around. Uh, we're going to be able to just you know rough them up, punch them up, beat them up. And like Tyler said, it wouldn't surprise me if they go up 10 nothing and we start getting our legs underneath us and – Tennessee's fans really start getting into it because that would just be total Tennessee Titans football. It would make so much sense. I think Tennessee ends up winning this game, and I think they just pull away from it towards the second half. I think at about seven minutes, seven minutes left in the third quarter, Tennessee is going to be up probably 24 to 13, and then I think we pull away. I think we beat them 35 to to 20 is what I think. 35-20. Yeah, weird, weird score. 15-point burger there. Okay. Hey, I hope you're right. I do. I hope you're right. I just want us to have a nice, uneventful evening. No turnovers. We all know that's the keys to victory. The Titans win the turnover differential. They win. The only game they've lost this year 
where they won the turnover differential against the lowly New York Jets. Yep. Which is crazy to say. They they <laughs> it still makes zero sense that we lost that game. But I think a lot of you know, Corey Davis was just playing with like his hair on fire that day. He had like 150 on us. No AJ and, and no Julio though, if I remember correctly. Yeah, we didn't have either one of them. We did have the king. So it's still it's still crazy to think we lost that game with winning the turnover battle. The Titans had to kick like 14 field goals in the first half, it felt like, too, because they just couldn't punch it in in the red zone that game. So that's that's really the reason they lost that game, not really the turnover difference. So either way, um, Titans don't turn the ball over. The Titans pressure Burrow. I think we win. If yeah. either one of those if either or of those happens or, does, or doesn't happen, we're going to be in trouble. If we give them the ball back, we're in trouble. If we can't get the Burrow, we're in trouble. That's the two keys to the win. We do those things, we're going to handle business. I agree. I think Tannehill might go for 300, and I think Derek might go for a buck 50. Oh, that would be beautiful. That would be – that looking like 2020-S Titans offense right there. Oh, yeah. And I think I think it's going to be uh, – it's going to be – it's going to be the Dante – Deontay Foreman's going to make some plays that you wouldn't think he would make because of Derek Henry being back. Um, and I think Derek is going to be so efficient in this game. I think Derek's probably going to average close to six yards a carry when it's all said and done. Um, but there you have it. I, I go 35-20 with, uh, with a late score by the Bengals to make it put some, put some lipstick on a pig. Um, but that's what I got, 35-20. I got Tennessee turning the ball over, um, turning the Bengals over twice. I think, I think we're going to win that battle, and it's going to be a wrap. It's going to be a wrap. Well, guys, you heard it here first. We both got the Titans pick to win. If we didn't, I probably wouldn't do this show because that's really dumb. You're always going to pick the Titans. We're going to pick them and go 21-0 every year. So, that's going to be our <laughs> prediction. Anywho, that's it, guys. The Titans are they're going to battle the Bengals in Nashville at 3.30 Saturday. But let's tune in and support our guys. If you're going to the game, get loud. Be really loud on defense. Be really quiet on offense. And that's Nasher. Uh, that's been another edition of Talking Two Tone. If you got anything to add, let's get it. Let's get it done. Tighten up. Take care of business. Tighten up, people. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, aka the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already. We have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Hello, football friends. This is Darren Hayes of the Pigskin Dispatch Podcast, and I'd like to invite you to the portal of positive football history, Pigskin Dispatch and pigskindispatch.com. We talk about everything that centers around the game of American football, expert discussions, the origins of the games, the great players, teams, and coaches, and more, and some great guests and insights from experts. We have new episodes three to four times a week, and you can find us on sportshistorynetwork.com, pigskindispatch.com, or your favorite podcast provider. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.